Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wicked Green Energy with your host, Roxanne Pappas. Roxanne is fighting to bring our troops home from the Middle East and reduce our country's dependence on fossil fuels. As an associate with Viridian Energy, she can provide domestic sources of solar, wind, and water right now to your home or business. On this show, she and her guests explore other cutting-edge ways we can reduce our carbon footprint and preserve vital resources across the globe. Here is your host, Roxanne Pappas. Welcome to the Wicked Green Energy Show, and I am your Wicked Green Energy Lady. I'm coming to you from beautiful Cape Cod, where the leaves are just starting to turn. Um, We lucked out and didn't get uh, Matthew, Hurricane Matthew. We got some heavy rains and wind, but that's the extent of it. I'm sorry about what was going on down in the um, the Caribbean and Haiti and whatever. I hope they're able to to rebuild. Um, So... Today I wanted to talk about our children's trust. I think I teased you last week saying that we've got some kids who are suing about climate change and they're winning. So I wanted to go over a little bit about the history of our children's trust and um, and what kind of um, uh, legal issues they're, they're um, uh, taking on. Um, basically, there was a convergence of two events, I want to say. The chief legal counsel of Our Children's Trust is Julia Olson, and she's helping 21 young people sue President Obama and the federal government over insufficient action on climate change. Now, um, what she has done, because there has been a resolution to the um, to the suit, um, uh, Julia is litigating. Uh, what should be considered the most important court case in in the U.S.? Because she's helping 21 kids between the ages of 9 and 21 uh, sue over, as I mentioned, its insufficient action on climate change. Why Why is this action so critical for her, and what's driving her to bring the case against tough odds? Because you know we have fossil fuel people out there. Um... I want to just give you a little bit of a, a timeline for um, for Julia Olson. Uh, just interesting, she in '06 she was eight months um, eight months pregnant and looking to get out of the summer heat. When she went into a movie theater, and I think this is karma. Bob, uh, sorry, Al Gore's "An Inconvenient Truth" was playing, and it and it outlined all the perils of climate change, the storms, fires, all that good stuff. Olson happened to have been an experienced environmental 
attorney at that time, and she knew the basics of climate change and climate science. But what she didn't think about until this particular day was how it was going to be affecting future generations in light that she was pregnant at the time. So her feeling was that the court, it was the court's responsibility to do what other government branches have failed to do and continue to fail to do, and that's uh, to create a national plan to get greenhouse gas emissions to levels that scientists could consider safe. Now, keep in mind that the clean power plan that Obama put forth has passed, and the um, um, the states and whatever are beginning to comply. Um, so, but but these things these these suits are continuing on because um, we we really may have to make a um, a responsible choice, and we have to and educate our um, legal and uh, court systems. And the reason for our children's trust is because these kids can't vote. They don't have any voice in politics, so somebody has to talk for them. About the same time, a Dr. James Edward Hansen, who's currently um, the professor of the Department of Earth Environmental Sciences at Columbia, uh, wrote a, gave, gave congressional testimony in 1988, but recently has written a, um, uh, a research paper that raises the broad awareness of climate change and its effects. He, retired, he was with NASA for 46 years, but couldn't participate with our Children's Trust because he was a government employee. But he um, retired in 2013, and um, he, um, that, that same month when he retired in April of 2013, he then became associated with our Children's Trust. And he, he continues as an advisor to support the extension of its area of concern into the teaching of climate change. He wrote a paper telling how rapidly fossil fuel emissions must be phased down to stabilize the climate. The climate sorry. It provided scientific basis, or does provide, I should say, for legal actions against governments for not protecting the rights of uh, young people. So right now this paper serves as the basis for uh, the federal and the several state cases that have been filed and are now, now making their way through the courts. This paper includes 17 co-authors who are recognized in, as international experts in fields including climate change, atmosphere and ocean physics, chemistry and biology, human health and economics. Now, interesting, due to, to resistance by some anonymous editorial boards, it took three years to get the final version of the paper published. So, um, having said that, the collaboration uh, with the between our Children's Trust, Dr., uh, Julia Olson and Dr. Hansen, are now able to testify against the government, and um, as well as cooperate with other legal efforts in other nations. So the, the group of 21 
Uh, we had uh, let's see, most of the, because this was all established in Oregon. Most of the most of the kids from Oregon. Two, four, six, we have nine kids from Oregon uh, between the ages of 11 and 20. Uh, two from Colorado, 16 and 17. Age nine in Florida, 16 in Hawaii. Age 17 in New York. Age 13 in Louisiana. Age 14 in Arizona. Age 17 in Pennsylvania and age 15 in Arkansas. So why the legal suit? Basically, the best climate science out there provides a prescription for restoring the atmosphere and stabilizing the climate system and protecting the oceans from acidification and warming. So that prescription is that our atmospheric carbon dioxide levels must be below 350 parts per million. I don't honestly don't know what it is today, and it varies obviously from uh, from state to state and country to country. So, in order to protect the planet's climate system and its natural resources on which we all as human beings can survive and depend on, the government climate pollution policies must be based on the best available climate science. And there are numerous scientific bases for setting 350 parts per million as the uppermost safe limit for atmospheric carbon dioxide. Um, by returning carbon dioxide concentration to below 350 parts per million, it would restore the energy balance of the Earth and allow as much heat to escape into space as Earth retains, which has kept our planet in, the, in, in, a, in a good spot for humans and other species to, thr to thrive. Secondly, carbon dioxide levels, which exceed 350 uh, parts per million, are creating a planet warmer than humans have ever lived in and are disrupting the physical and biological systems in which human civilization has developed. Now, we, we, we generally know all of this, but I think what's important to note is that there is a science out there that tells us and gives us, as, as uh, I mentioned before, a prescription for what we need to do and what, what our goals should be. Now, the consequence of the, the warming, with even one degree Celsius of warming, would be significant for us. If we allow the sustained global average temperature increase more than one degree Celsius, we're going to suffer irreversible climate stabilization and it's going to become inhospitable to human civilization. So this is, this is very serious, and people, I don't believe, take it seriously enough, and they don't read, read enough in order to understand and take it seriously. The third factor is our marine animals, including the coral reefs, can't tolerate the acidifying and warming of our ocean, which results from the increase of carbon dioxide, uh, sorry, carbon dioxide, dioxide levels, 30% of these levels is absorbed by the oceans. At 400 parts per million carbon dioxide, coral, coral reefs and shellfish are rapidly declining, 
and this process will be irreversible in due course. Now, I know I've I've mentioned before that our coral reefs are disintegrating or dying, I should say, already, Um, and this this is, is necessary. Everyone should be taking part and doing something about this. Currently, all government policies regarding the greenhouse gas and the carbon dioxide pollution and deforestation worldwide should be aimed at 350 parts per million by 2100, which works works well within the um, uh, the the, um, the clean power plan of uh, Obama's because uh, we have to reduce our emissions by 2015, so we would, uh, 50, sorry, 2050, so that we'd be well ahead of it if, in fact, we're bringing it down to 350. But we're on the the road. Um, And again, transitioning to renewable energy sources obviously will provide significant economic and public health benefits, jobs, health, improve the quality of our lives. But we need to understand that time is running out. And we cannot continue to base these life and death issues on politics rather than science. Politicians are fighting for something that they have no clue about. And they need to be educated sufficiently to be able to make uh, informed decisions. So this landmark case, I'm going to go from the from the beginning when it started, and it started on International Youth Day in 2015. If I can get to that real quick, okay. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get this. Okay, so it was August 12, 2015, an International Youth Day. So these youths, these 21 kids, filed a lawsuit against the U.S. government and the president. And in describing the case, one of the kids said that the federal, federal, quote, and I will quote this, the federal government has known for decades, decades, that CO2 pollution from burning fossil fuels was causing global warming and dangerous climate change. It also knew that continuing to burn fossil fuels would destabilize our climate system. End quote. This is very true. This is what we've all been saying, and this is coming out of the mouths of the babes. And um, I will I will touch upon the fact of um, of how many decades of the the um, United States has, uh, the federal government has known about um, carbon emissions. So this was filed in August 12, 2015. November 12th of 2015, the the um, the lawsuit got the attention of the fossil fuel industry, and they filed a um, uh, a motion to intervene. And these are um, uh, who are they? These are all the um, uh, the companies of the, very, the the who's who of major corporate polluters, including American Fuel and Petro, Petrochemical Manufacturers, Exxon, Mobil, BP, Shell, Coke Industries, U.S. refiners. 
uh, as I mentioned, petrochemical manufacturers, the American Petroleum Institute, which represents 625 oil and national ga natural gas companies, and the National Association of Mar Manufacturers. So this was this, they were heavy hitting here, and they, um, as I said, filed a complaint uh, and a move to intervene for this um, for this um, case. January 6th of 2016, the, the, the kids and Dr. Hansen uh, filed a response in opposition to the federal government's motion to dismiss the case. Okay? January 14th is in 2016 is when the fossil fuel industry becomes named as the defendant. January 15th, 2016, we had prominent uh, Catholic groups, a League of Women Voters, uh, a lot of other companies coming to the defense and to the um, uh, support of our Children's Trust. Um, okay, and in March of no March 9th of 2016, the hearing. Uh, um, created a good amount of, uh, of interest. Hundreds of students, activists, professors, citizens concerned about the climate change turned out for this historic hearing in Eugene, Oregon. Um, the purpose of that meeting was to hear ar arguments from the parties from both sides on the federal government's and fossil fuel industries' motions to dismiss the youth uh, climate change lawsuit. April 8, 2016, Judge Coffin, who was the U.S. Magistrate of the U.S. District Court in Eugene, Oregon, decided in favor of the 21 young plaintiffs and, and Dr. James Hansen on behalf of future generations. He rejected the government and fossil fuel industries' motions to dismiss. This is, this is a historic decision and an unprecedented lawsuit. Um, then we had some other oral arguments and what have you. Uh, League of Women Voters filed an, a brief on, on September 12th and 16th. Um, and in September of 2016 is when it was filed and it was set into motion. So of these 21 kids won this landmark case, which now has become the poster child for states and other countries. So what we have here now, there we've got some um, state, uh, a number of states that um, are, um, are having, have judicial actions. So we've got um, Maine, uh, Maine, Colorado, uh, Massachusetts, some, another one, Pennsylvania, Washington State, Oregon, as we know. Um, the newest one, the most recent one, is September 28th, and that's by Maine. A youth filed climate rulemaking petition following in the footsteps of the, um, of the landmark case. Uh, 164 young people demanded that the state fulfill its constitutional duty to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. 
So they submitted a climate change petition for rulemaking to the Department of, uh, of Environmental Protection and the, and the main board of environmental protection. The petitioners, there were 164 young people, as I mentioned, 216 registered voters, and uh, the group's 350 Maine and Earth Guardians, and they're requesting that the state carry out its constitutional and public trust obligations and implement an effective carbon dioxide reduction strategy based on climate science. And this is really, really very important. It's climate science. Um, failure to implement, obviously, would be detrimental to their well-being and survival. So this is an incredible opportunity for Maine to do its part to address climate change and ocean acidification. Um, the more states we have that, that fall in line, the more chances we are of having a healthier living standard down the, down the road. Um, the one I wanted to talk about is, is, is the one in Massachusetts because I know it's near and dear to my heart. Um, we, we claimed victory back in, uh, in May of 2016, but this started all the way back in October of 2012 when students from Boston Latin High School and Boston College School of Law hand-delivered their petition for rulemaking to the Mass Department of Environmental Protection, asking the department to adopt a rule that would require the state to prepare, pl prepare a plan to reduce carbon dioxide emissions by 6% annually to meet the targets in the Mass Global Warming Solutions Act. We do, have a, we do have that. You don't hear much about it, but we do have that, evidently. Um, let's see. We had a number of filings and uh, motions and public hearings. Um, they wanted, initially back in June of, of 2013, the Department of Environment, Environmental Protection issued a decision denying the students' climate change petition. But with uh, the support of our, our Children's Trust, they, um, they submitted a reply, another motion, blah, 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 all that stuff, appealed, uh, and they appealed to the, to, the, to the Massachusetts Supreme Court. And in May 17th of 2016, the Mass Supreme Judicial Court rejects, rejected the Department of Environmental Protection's arguments, and it finds that the existing schemes, their schemes, fall short and orders annual reductions in greenhouse gases. So the kids won again. Now, I don't know. If the kids can do it, why can't we do it? What is it, what is it about the, our, the voters out there and, the people, and those of us who can do things politically, publicly, voting, and what have you, and I'm not seeing that happening anywhere. So it's, it's time for us to, uh, to get up on the, on the wagon and uh, start talking. Uh, the global legal actions that are out there, um, uh, we have cases in Australia, Belgium, Canada, England, France, India, the Netherlands, or Norway, uh, a host of others. Um, 
there was one young woman, one young girl in Pakistan who uh, who contested this this issue or brought this issue to the uh, to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court of Pakistan upheld the constitutional climate case to proceed on behalf of the public and future generations. Pakistan really surprises me, really, really surprises me. Um, Before I go on, I do want to uh, just touch upon when I said before that the government has, uh, has had decades of knowledge of climate danger. I believe I mentioned uh, in another, um, another show that Lyndon Johnson, back in 65, had mentioned it to Congress. But all the way back to 1955, the U.S. Office Naval Research and a Dr. Roger Ravel who was a director at uh, the Institute of Oceanography, cited that increasing carbon dioxide levels from burning of fossil fuels are linked to climate change, rising temperatures, and hurricane frequency. That's in 1955. Uh, The White House in 1965, this is the one reported, um, gave a memo, that's the one from um, from, uh, LBJ. Let's scoot up to 1986. There was a senator's bipartisan request to the EPA to to indicate that the, the irreversibly altering ability of the atmosphere to perform basic life support functions is a reality, and we need to do something about it. What happened? That's now 20, 40 years later. Our um, our bipartisanship is not there any longer. Um, and then, in 2016, the New York Times had an interview with President Obama about his, the climate reports uh, and the climate power plan. So, you want to say from 1955 they knew uh, that again? Very, very, very frightening. Okay, we have grassroots um, illegal, action, illegal actions taking place. The Our Children's Trust has developed a You Can program, and it, and it uh, stands for Youth Climate Action Now. And it's a youth advocate for lasting legal protection for the atmosphere, the oceans, and the Earth's natural resources. So um, youth can participate in this. There are, the, uh, there are about five or six chapters now in Oregon, but uh, this, um, the website, Our Children's Trust, gives you a way in which you can set up a chapter. So it's an aid, the UCAN, it's an aid for communities wishing to draft, propose, and adopt legally binding climate recovery ordinances. Um, it's a youth-led campaign, and it only advocates for legally binding science-based climate recovery ordinances. Again, I have to repeat, science-based. Okay, so um, here we go on that one. We've had a lot of press releases, or rather we, uh, our our children's has had a number of um, press releases and media coverage. They've been in time. Uh, Eco Watch, Business Insider. They appeared. The the 21 kids appeared, uh, who were represented by one of them, appeared on the 
Bill Marshall, um, the New York Post, the Guardian, Yahoo News, CNN. This, it's the New York Times. It's incredible. It's getting a lot of um, uh, press, and this is just in 2016 alone. So, so Bill Moyers, I said, I said Bill Mars, Bill Moyers. Uh, that that um, that was on September 13th. I don't know if you can probably still get it on YouTube. So it's um, something that we really need to think about and uh, lend our support to these kids and to our kids in order to promulgate a climate-changing process. So um, that's what we have on uh, on the kids suing the government, and they're winning. Um, as uh, things turn up on this particular situation, as more um, suits are... Um, our one, I'll just give you a, a brief update as we go along. And uh, I'm going to end our little show here right now. I've um, Hopefully I can uh, have people next time talk, call in. Please call in. The, the call-in number for anyone to participate with me is 845-241-9956. And I welcome anyone to come in to make a comment decision, opinion, whatever it may be. So adios for now, and I will see you next Monday. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Wicked Green Energy. You may get in touch with Roxanne through her Facebook page, Living It Up Green, or her email, rpapas7 at gmail.com. That's r-p-a-p-p-a-s-7 at gmail.com. Join her every Monday night from 6 to 6.30 Eastern Time right here on the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio Network. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.